Project Borough is now available as a podcast on your chosen podcast providers, so you can listen to every episode on the go. Simply go to the description of this video, click the link to the podcast provider of your choice, and subscribe or follow Project Borough, and you'll be able to find all episodes past, present, and future right there for you to listen to on the go. Another away game, another three goals conceded, and unfortunately for Borough, another game where we come away with nothing. It's the Uruguay curls one in. Oh, Middlesbrough take the lead! What is up guys, Matthew here and welcome back to another episode of Project Borough. And I think we may have just witnessed one of the craziest games of the season. Especially the first half. Borough went to Ellen Road in a game that, just given how both teams set up, how both teams play, how open they are going forward, especially how open they are on the transition going both ways... I think in every preview and fan prediction and podcast that I listen to, every Borough and Leeds fan, I think, foreseen that this game was not going to be nil-nil. It was going to be rather open. It was going to be pretty end-to-end. There were going to be chances galore. And it was going to be a little bit mad. And it might come down to who made the least number of individual errors and who had their finishing boots on. And in a in a very frustrating but maybe expected outcome, Leeds United edged Borough in this game. And it was, once again, down to a, a brief period of chaos within the game where Borough conceded multiple goals, one after the other like they did against Bristol City last week and have done numerous times. But also, Leeds had a helping hand from Borough conceding a really sloppy penalty. And then in the second half, when we were still in the game and could have quite easily gotten a goal back and and come away with something, we have a really, really naive sending off, which essentially makes this task a thousand times harder than it already was. And yet we still almost came away with something from this game. I mean, we asked the most, honestly, the most, not infuriating, but frustrating, yet fascinating, yet bonkers team I think I've ever seen, because it's so weird trying to sum up Borough right now, because there is no getting away from the fact that we are incredibly entertaining to watch, and I would not have us any other way. I would much rather Borough be a free-flowing, entertaining, crazy team where things just happen all the time, we're so good going forward, we're scoring goals and creating chances, but equally at the back, it's absolute madness. And there, there's a couple of perspectives, I guess, you can kind of you can approach this result from. I mean, Borough have went to a relegated Premier League team who are fighting for automatic promotion. I think are unbeaten in their last 10 home games, now winning eight of them. And we have went there with a team who is, I think, patched up is an understatement. Our list of injuries is absolutely crazy. So this is extremely far away from what a fully fit and firing Borough squad would look like. And yet, we've come away 
on the narrow wrong end of this result and on another day could have quite easily come away with something. So that in itself has got to be a positive. And you do wonder the potential of this Borough team and how exciting that prospect is. But at the same time, it's three away games in a row where we've conceded three goals in each of them. And half of them goals have got to be of our own doing once again. So there are a number of ways you can look at this result. There's a number of ways you can look at Borough right now. We are just a Neely team. You know, we're just so nearly there with so many aspects of our game. And I feel like with just a couple of tiny additions and tweaks, and if the squad's up to full fitness, then I do I do have a lot of excitement for this Borough team. But at the moment, it is just a little bit chaotic, a little bit all over the place, and a little bit mad. So let's try and sum up what happened in this game, because there were three goals in the opening seven minutes and Borough scored and took the lead in the third minute and it was a unbelievably well worked goal. I honestly was sat back and I couldn't believe if I was watching Borough or Barcelona. I mean Leeds's press is so aggressive and so impressive, pardon the pun. They you know were really pressing our defence hard and the way we played the ball out from the back and I don't think the highlights will do it justice because I can only play certain small clips to not get copyrighted, hence why for some reason, the Preston game in midweek, so I didn't have any clips in it. Uh, hopefully I can get them working and you'll be able to see the goals today. But anyway, the way Borough played out from the back was extremely impressive. We got Bangura free on that left-hand side. He played in Latilath. And let me tell you, we saw the epitome of everything good and bad about Emmanuel Latilath in this game. And I'll obviously speak about him when we go through the Borough team. But in this instant, he brought the ball down. He took it on his left, cut it on his right foot. And he thundered a brilliant finish past Meslier into the corner. And it was dreamland for Borough. The perfect start. 1-0 up at Ellen Road. Three minutes gone. And we looked absolutely on it. Too bad four minutes later we'd be behind. Because literally Leeds went up the other end. And this, this sums up Borough right now. From the sublime to the absolute ridiculous. A ball is... Crossed in from the left-hand side, and you've got Dan James at the back post, who must be five foot six at the very most. You know, he's a small player. He's up against both Alex Bangura and Paddy McNair, and he manages to get his head on the end of the cross, despite them both being there challenging, and he heads into the bottom corner. Dan James is a very good player. And he can do a lot of things. He's very quick, he's very pacey, he's a threat going forward, and he's fantastic when it comes to being creative. But you cannot allow him to outjump two Borough defenders and score a header. That, for me, is unforgivable. And it's the sort of goal that I don't think any other side would concede other than Borough right now. And that instantly gets Leeds back into the game, level playing field. And this is what has happened. It happened last season. I remember the Huddersfield game where we let in three goals straight after the second half, I think, against Bristol City. Last season, it happened either side of half-time. It happened again last week. Borough still have these periods in them where we just lose all composure. And the game just goes mad. And the opposition puts two or three past us. And we go from a position of control to a position of 
just madness in minutes and instantly Leeds went 2-1 up again within minutes of equalising and it was Somerville this time as a cross come in from the right hand side this time McNair headed it on and Somerville out jumps Dykesteel who quite frankly was on his heels and just wasn't anticipating what was about to happen and Somerville who is one of the form players and one of the best players in the league got his head on the end of the cross and put Leeds 2-1 up and that sums up the first half for me because it continued to be absolutely bonkers. I mean, the number of chances both sides created in that first half was crazy. I don't think I've ever seen a football match. And the the word basketball game is, is you know, is a descriptive word that some people say about a football match. It's like a basketball match end to end. And it can be sometimes... It can be it can be untrue. It sometimes, you know, is a little bit of an over exaggeration. But this literally was the example of an open ended basketball game where they had so many chances. Seni Dieng kept us in the game with some incredible goalkeeping at times, but equally Borough should have, could have been level. You know, Crooks had a chance, what he put over, Lath must have had two or three, which he should have done better from, one of which, and I don't think it'll be in the highlights, he was the ball was played back to him. I think he was just behind or in and around the penalty spot. And he gets it on target, he scores, and he puts it, literally. You could have put a goal on top of the goal, and it has still gone over. And that sums up Emmanuel Latte-Lath. And he could have had a hat-trick within the first half an hour, but equally Leeds could have had 3-4 in the first half. The, the, the first half could have ended any scoreline that you could have possibly come up with. But Leeds did extend their lead. Um, on the 38th minute and it come from a penalty and a really unfortunate turn of events for Borough because as you guys know our injury list is ridiculous at the moment especially at the back where we are down to bare bones and I'll list Borough's injuries once I get down to the team but Paddy McNair went off with a back injury he was having a pretty horrendous game by that point anyway he was getting run ragged and Matt Clark come on and Listen, Matt Clark, it's a great story to see him back after 18 months out. And throwing him into a game like this so early in his return was always going to be tough. But the penalty he conceded was a really, really sloppy one. Now, there was an argument to say that the referee played the advantage to Leeds after the tackle was made. And Somerville, I think it was Somerville, who took the advantage, obviously, took a shot straight into Senny's arm. So there's an argument to suggest that Leeds had their advantage they didn't make the most of their advantage, but despite Dieng saving Somerville's shot, the referee brought it back for the challenge anyway, and essentially Matt Clark brought down Somerville on the edge of the area by tackling him and hanging out a leg, but Somerville kept going and continued to get his shot off, but Matt Clark pulled his leg, essentially, with his arm to try and pull him down. It was a bit cynical, a bit unnecessary. We obviously then went on to see that Somerville, who went down, took a shot, which was saved, so... I don't think if Clark had done that, they would have scored. But unfortunately, it conceded a penalty and Joe Perot put away a very, very well-taken penalty. And suddenly it was 3-1. And I was fearing the worst at that point. I really, really was. I thought this could get ugly just due to the number of chances both sides are creating. And you always expect with Leeds's extra bit of quality, they're going to probably edge Borough in a game like this. And I thought Borough going... Head-to-head with Leeds in this open, expansive, attacking game 
was very brave and I think was probably going to backfire on us. But we actually got ourselves back in the game just before half-time. And I know it's freezing in the UK right now, but hell really did freeze over because Borough scored from a set-piece and a corner again. Literally, we are set-piece specialists all of a sudden. The second game in a row, Borough scored directly from a corner. Barlasser again with the delivery. Latilath got the header. And, I mean, it sums him up. You know, literally, he'd missed about three or four chances before that. Could have had a hat-trick. He does get his second here with a fantastic header. And somehow, despite this absolutely crazy half of football, Borough go in, one goal down, and it's 3-2. And it's game on, essentially, in the second half. And although the second half didn't quite follow the same chaotic end-to-end you know, and it wasn't as intense and as crazy as the first half. Both sides still very much were counter-attacking on one another, forcing saves out of each other's goalkeepers. I mean, if I was to go through every chance, we'd be here all day. But a big, big, big potential turning point came for Borough, and it was in the middle of the second half. I believe it was the 63rd minute. Anthony Dyke-Steele got himself sent off for a second bookable offence. Now, it is worth mentioning the first was never a booking in the first place. Somerville ran beyond Dykesteel. Dykesteel didn't touch him. Dykesteel was just running in line, didn't put an arm out, didn't stick a leg out. Somerville just ran past Dykesteel on the counter and went down. Barely any contact. And because he'd have been in on goal, the referee booked Dykesteel for it. So I don't think he should have been on a, a yellow at this point anyway. But to be on a yellow... And to make the tackle that he did is very naive and careless and sums up some of the issues with the Borough players we have. And I guess some of the players like Dykesteel who will have an amazing game like he did against Preston. But I think this is the reason why Carrick often prefers Tommy Smith. And when Smith's not in, Rav was playing there. Dykesteel just has these careless moments where he loses his composure and you know, makes a really big mistake. It happened last season against Rotherham where he was sent off, albeit it wasn't a last man tackle that day, but it was a careless tackle, which did lead to Borough taking nothing away from the game, essentially. And it's happened again today. Really, really poor, you know, unnecessary tackle on, I think, Dan James, it might have been. You know, he's not in a dangerous position. He's not in on goal. There's plenty of Borough players around him. Dyke Steele just throws a leg out. And it's definitely a yellow card. So as much as he shouldn't have been on a booking at that point anyway, you know, you don't do that when you are on a yellow card. And, you know, instantly puts Borough on the back foot, 3-2 down, a man down as well. And you think our chances of getting anything from this game are gone. But the game continued in exactly the same pattern. It didn't really change. Despite us being a man down, they still had chances. I mean, Rutter was played in. Senny made an incredible save, but Rutter really should have saved the 1v1. And the biggest chance Borough had was at the other end when Silvera put a cross in which was deflected. It hit the post. And then Morgan Rogers, who had an open goal to aim at, had his shot blocked by Rodon. So, you know what? Equally, Leeds could have got a fourth, but Borough quite easily could have gotten an equaliser despite being a man down. And I do wonder if we might have nicked something if we had kept 11 men on the pitch. Overall, this was an absolutely crazy game, and I think the difference was Borough made crucial individual errors at times, gifting leads 
a penalty, making it easy for them to get their two opening goals, especially the James one, and the sending off putters on the back foot. So the only way I can sum up this game is that there was definitely something there for Borough, which is a positive, going to Ellen Road, a team in form, especially with Borough having literally a patched up, you know, bare-bones squad. The fact that we were very much in with a chance of getting something from this game is a massive positive, but essentially... We've made it harder for ourselves once again. We've shot ourselves in the foot once again. And that's what's allowed Leeds to come away with the three points. So looking at the Borough team then, Senny Dieng was in goal. I do believe he was at fault a little bit for what happened leading up to their penalty. I've seen a few fans say that he played a pretty sloppy ball out, which put us in trouble. I missed it, so I didn't quite see it. But yep, Senny probably was a little bit to blame for what led up to the penalty. But equally... I lost count of how many saves he made in this game. And, you know, no doubt without Senny Dieng, the scoreline would have looked a lot better for Leeds and a lot worse for Borough. They had nine shots on target, an XG of 3.35. Senny Dieng definitely helped keep the score down and once again did well. It's just a shame that what happens in front of him continues to make him look worse than he actually is. Angura did well on the left-hand side, I think, given the intensity of the game, the pace of it and the quality of play he was going up against, he did really well. Obviously, he got himself an assist as well for the last goal, which was good to see. McNair went off early. Uh, his injury is a concern. He was having a pretty bad game up until that point, to be honest. But uh, Matt Clark did come on and... You know, he, he conceded the penalty and I think he'll be very disappointed with that. But given the pace of the game, I think coming back from an injury like that, I think Clark did well. But um, yeah, McNair had a shock up until that point and I will get onto the injury list shortly. Rav was one of our better players in defence. I think he looked incredibly composed, made some very good challenges at times and did not look out of place in this game. Really showed how good of a centre-back he is. And then Dyke Steele at right-back. You know what? Wasn't having a bad game. I think he did struggle up against Somerville at times, but really let himself down with that second booking and, yeah, made Borough's life a lot easier than it should have been. Uh, sorry, a lot harder than it should have been, should I say. In midfield, it was a tough game. I think we did well in spells today. Barlasa was pretty neat and tidy on the ball, but did lose possession a few times. Got a good assist for, obviously, Lath's header with a very well-placed corner. Housen... Was kind of here or there, really. Um, looked good in moments. Just had a sort of average game, I guess you could say. And then the front three in behind Lath. Yeah, they did all right today. I think without being anything too special, I think Jones was a threat down the right-hand side. Didn't get as involved as he normally would. You could say the same for Crooks, who looked neat and tidy. Was very good in possession once again. But, you know, as I said about Jones, didn't really impact the game too much, but looked good in moments. And the same could go for Morgan Rogers as well. There's not much else to say about the three in behind Latilath, but they did well without having the goal contributions that they have had in recent games. And then Emmanuel Latilath, we saw the epitome of Latilath in this game. He gets himself a brace. He takes both of his goals unbelievably well, but equally he could have had three, he could have had four, he probably could have had five. So, yeah, you're frustrated that he didn't get the goals that he should have, but you're also happy that he took the goals he did. And, um, you know, you just don't know what to expect from that. Laugh. From one week to another, I'm happy he scored a brace here, but on another day, with the chances of Borough create, he should have a hell of a lot more. 
As for Borough's substitute, as I said earlier, Clark, he'll be disappointed with his penalty. He did all care, given the fact he's just come back from injury. Corburn and Silvera didn't affect the game too much, although Silvera's cross did hit the post. As I mentioned, Gilbert and Engel come on later in the game, didn't have much chance to affect it. And this was the stats and momentum. So as you can see, just up and down, very, very spiky for both sides. And then the second half, once Dyke still got himself sent off, it was a lot more Leeds United. And it was frustrating because, you see, Borough had a little bit of momentum up until Dyke Steele sending off. And then it was a lot tougher after that for us. But we still had the chances. And, um, yeah, as I mentioned, on another day without that red card, who knows what might have happened. Leeds had the possession, as you'd maybe expect in a game like this. But, yeah, this maybe looks better on Seni Dieng and maybe not as much on Leeds as finishing. But they had an XG of 3.35 20 shots, 9 on target, 5 big chances and 3 big chances missed. So I'm praising Borough for still being in the game second half and saying that on another day we might have nicked something from it. There is also just as strong of an argument to say that if Leeds had their shooting boots on, Borough could have conceded 4 or 5 or 6 or 7 today, which yeah is a, a little bit damning on our defence, but... We, we play an open, expansive style of football and when, t when teams like Leeds are playing against us, we are going to have to ride our luck a little bit and hope they don't take their chances. Because if they did, listen, we'd be talking about a very different game in a very different tone, essentially. But Leeds were wasteful. Luckily for them, it didn't cost them. Borough equally had chances, though. Not as much of an XG. We overperformed it slightly today, but we still had 11 shots. We still had five on target. We still had three big chances and we still missed three big chances. So... Show on the other foot. On another day, would Leeds have been punished for being wasteful if Borough had took their chances? This is what I mean. This game really was a flip of a coin, essentially. So, Borough end up on the losing side. And this is how we are looking going into the next game, which is at home to Ipswich, no doubt, who are second at home next week. So, Fry, Dale Fry, centre-back, injured. Hayden Hackney, centre midfield, probably our best player at the moment, injured. Paddy McNair went off today with a back injury, injured. Isaiah Jones is suspended for the Ipswich game, having now got five yellow cards. Dyke Steele suspended with his red card, of course. Ryan McGree, he's been injured for a hell of a long time now. We have no idea when he's going to be back. Same could be said for Marcus Force. He's been out for a long time with an injury that we don't know anything about. But there's no sign of him coming back anytime soon. You've got Daryl Enahan, who's out for the season with, I believe, an Achilles problem. And then you've got Tommy Smith, who's out as well. Can't quite remember the exact injury he has. But yeah, that is Borough down to the bare bones against Ipswich next week. And that is 10 senior players who could potentially start all out for the Ipswich game. So good luck to Michael Carrick picking a fit and ready back four for the Ipswich game. That's all I'm going to say. Luckily for us, the table, not much damage done. The top four have all just took off into another realm, essentially all winning this weekend. I think it's safe to say the top four will remain as is. And there are possibly two playoff spots to fight for, which are going to be competed by. From West Brom, you could go all the way down to potentially... Bristol City, Borough, maybe Norwich, possibly. But luckily for us, the four sides between 5th and 8th all lost this weekend with West Brom, Hull, Blackburn and Preston all losing. Sunderland picked up a point. Watford were the only big winners, really, with Cardiff losing too. So Borough remain in 12th. And 
still three points off of the playoffs. So no damage done, essentially, in terms of what's happened elsewhere. Looking ahead, as I mentioned, Ipswich at home. Now, if we were going to Portman Road, I'd be quite frankly terrified by the injuries we have and the form of both sides. But at home, Borough seem to be a different side. We are equally as creative, but we seem to not concede as much when we are at home. I mean, look at the list of injuries. It's absolutely ridiculous. But Ipswich have been a little bit leaky at the back and haven't been as bulletproof away from home. So I do still back Borough to get something from this game. We mustn't underestimate Ipswich. We mustn't underestimate the incredible start they've had. But I think if there is a chance of picking up points against the Tractor Boys, it's when they're on the road. But it'll be a test for Borough, undoubtedly. And I'm hoping, magically, we'll get some of our star players back. i, I tell you what I didn't mention. Lewis O'Brien, of course, he's another one who's injured, who's been out since the start of the season. So then, I'm hoping with some optimism, McGree or Force might return to the squad. Hackney or Fry might reappear with us having a week between games. But obviously, Dyke Steele, he's out. Who plays at right back? Maybe Rav. Does that mean that Clark has to come in at centre-back, but then who replaces McNair? And Oh, it's an absolute mess. If Rav has to move to right back, I don't know who plays in between the centre-back positions and I'm guessing Bangura and Engel might be fit at left-back, which is good. But then you've got House in the midfield, Hackney come in, Barlasa might have to remain. Who comes in on the right? Maybe Silvera for Isaiah Jones. Who the hell knows? But I am confident Borough can still get something from the Ipswich game. A win would be amazing, of course. But I do have to stress that we're still playing all right and we are so far from a fully fit and firing Borough squad. So I'm still excited for the potential of this team. And I'm still excited to see what the season may bring. We just have to get through this busy period, pick up the points we can, try and stay within sight of the playoffs and get as many players back as possible. But that's it for today's episode of Project Borough. A bonkers game once again. Here's hoping things calm down and Borough pick up a result next weekend. As our next home game, and our next game in the Championship is next Saturday, 3 p.m., at home to Ipswich Town. But if you've enjoyed this video, guys, do hit the like button and subscribe for much more. We do an episode of Project Borough after every Borough game, of course. And as I mentioned at the start of the video, if you do prefer to listen to these videos on the go, these are available on all podcast providers. So subscribe to me over there or here on YouTube if you haven't already and hit the bell too so you never miss when a video drops. And other than that, leave me a comment in the section below if you're a Borough fan, Leeds fan or a neutral with your thoughts on the performance and the team right now. And we're back next week to hopefully be reviewing a win at home to Ipswich Town. But until then, take care guys. A big thank you for watching and I'll see you all in the next one.